This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Honey and by HelloFresh. It's been a few weeks now since we had uh, one of the few moments of collective joy in a very long time. Mm-hmm. The big giant boat getting stuck in the Suez Canal and bringing a huge portion of global trade to a dead halt. And it's hard to even explain why exactly this situation was so damn funny, uh, but really it's just the absurdity of it. Yeah. The fact that all sea trade between Asia and Europe relies on what is essentially just a man-made river, and it's worked perfectly fine for 152 years until some wind blew on an absurdly large boat a little too much and got it stuck blocking the entire damn thing. Yeah. That's funny. It is It is funny. I mean, sure, there's probably some... We're going to find out that there are some, like, terrible results from it, aside from global trade being halted. But, uh, look, it's a big, fat boat getting stuck. It was great. It's just a bunch of packages showing up a little late. And then they, they freed it in that. a week, and everyone got to cheer. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, the whole situation, you, it, definitely, it definitely gets a laugh. But does it make you horny? That's the real question. And, and, sure, it seems like a silly question. Does a giant ship getting stuck in a canal arouse you? But as you're surely aware by now, there are as many kinks out there as there are stars in the sky. Still, though, it's a bit surprising to see that on fanfiction website Archive of Our Own, there are currently 135 individual works listed under the tag Ever Given Containership Suez Canal Anthropomorphic. Archive of Our Own features all kinds of fanfiction, most of it uh, non-erotic, so there isn't necessarily 135 works of erotic fanfiction about the Suez Canal, but browsing through the list, a whole lot of it sure is definitely erotic, or at least at the very least uh, romantic. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to anthropomorphize a boat and a body of water, at that point, just make them fuck. It's like that that famous picture of Shaq and his girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what do you... Look, we we don't know what goes on here, but uh, something, something. We're all trying to picture it. Yeah. Uh, There's this one. Uh, Triple extra wide cargo stuff's major shipping lane delivers huge payload. Uh, Unfortunately, with this one, the title is the most erotic thing about it. The story itself is just a bickering conversation between the ship, the Ever Given, and the Suez Canal. Uh, A user named Mina Bird was kind enough to record an audio version of user Gal Wednesday's story, because this is a thing on this website, I guess. So here's a little bit of that audio. I'm so very glad, the Suez Canal said acidly, that we're doing this live. How convenient that we have minute-by-minute GPS updates so the whole world can see exactly how bad your aim is. There's no need for personal attacks, the Ever Given said with forced patience. It's not like I did this on purpose. So fucking around and drawing a dick and balls in the Red Sea, that was, what, top-notch professional steering? That was foreplay. And hey, this isn't all on me, you know? It takes two to tango. It's not my fault your bulbous bow is so fucking big. Overcompensating much? Well, it's not my fault you're too outdated to handle the capacity requirements of modern shipping. I know where I'm spending my one credit on uh, Audible this month. The full story. (laughs) Getting the full thing. No, it's all there. It's all free. Oh, wow. Huge community of people who are just willing to record audiobooks of each other's stories. Absolutely I, free. I'm going to be looking around on the road on the on the trips to work and back a little bit differently now, knowing that someone could be sealed off in their automobile listening to erotic <laughs> fan fiction about a giant ship. Yeah. They, you, there's definitely people out there who download this shit to their phone. And like, Yeah, I'll listen to this in the car. Yeah, I might give it a go. Yeah. Nah. So, yeah, I mean, that one is kind of funny, but, I mean, I know what you want. You want the good stuff. Yeah. Well, here's another story titled... Through the Canal of Pleasure. 
by user Exile Dream that really uh, paints quite a picture. And there's no audio of this one, unfortunately. So we'll just have to read this filth ourselves, or at least some of it, because this is actually very long. Yeah, this is like when you look up Rule 34, and it's like, yeah, you could look up like someone's just quick thrown out drawing of uh, Mario fucking Bowser in the asshole. But so there's definitely some out there where the person put. Thousands of hours in, well, I, of time I, into it. I believe the longest written work of fiction in history is a Pokemon uh, fanfic. Oh, there you go. It's like, it, it's absurdly long. It's like thousands and thousands of pages. Yeah. Anyways, uh, here, here's uh, this, this erotic fan fiction. Uh, in 1869, the Suez Canal was finally completed. A spanking pleasure had entered Suez, which was too much for him to handle at first. Two convoys of ships entered Suez from both southern and northern points, pushing the water from the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea deeper into him. No, wait! The poor Suez complained and wanted to stop both parties from entering, but he is a mere canal! He couldn't stop the invasion of the ships. Looks like from now on, you'll have to allow for ships to enter you freely. How does your tight little canal like it? <laughs> the Mediterranean Sea teased as he pushed more of himself into Suez, with the ships helping his movement. The Red Sea did the same on the other side. Suez took a deep breath to keep him composed, but indeed, it was useless. The ship sped up, the waves of the water slapped onto his banks, his whole body shivered. This is too much! Both of my ends? Oh, the ships are so big! I I cannot take this! <laughs> oh shit, this canal is aroused by us! Look, guys! The ships began to notice the shaky canal and sneered sadistically. Fuck, I know! How do you feel about all of us entering you? Can you feel how big I am? You know that humans will probably continue to enlarge your channel to make you wider, deeper, and allow more of us to glide through your waterway, waterway at once. Such a poor, poor canal! <laughs> The Mediterranean Sea noticed the Suez was already overwhelmed by pleasure and unable to speak. He is going to climax soon. The sea smirked, smirked slyly and watched as Suez's passage squeezed in secret. He loved how this view is only accessible to him alone. As long as the ships wouldn't touch Suez's banks or bed, he would be the only one to see and feel Suez's climax underwater. His water gave Suez a little kiss, and Suez opened his eyes in exhaustion. Oh my Jesus God! fucking Christ. Uh, so there's like some... Ass to ass going on there. It's a lot there's, happening. There's some. Uh, it's not gay if the if you don't touch the sides of the canal. Anthropomorphic seas and bodies of water. And yeah. Boats, uh, there's. Uh, this is like uh, some really triggering fiction for uh, like the sub mechanophobia. Uh, uh, yeah. Subreddits. Uh, the w I can't remember the phobia that's just the open sea. Um, yeah. I don't and then uh, and then of course uh, the whole thing reads uh, as like the subreddit men writing women. <laughs> like it's, well, the this description is all, of everything this is... This is all men. This is all... This is boy on boy. Yeah, yeah. B2B. Sounds like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, this story... We haven't even gotten to the ever, the ever Given situation. That comes in, like, the second half of yeah. this very long story. This story is over 2,000 words long. Um, so, let's, just, let's skip ahead a bit. <clears throat> Suez has already lost hope in stopping the humans. No one would save him from this endless pleasure, and he could only deal with it. With around 47 ships crossing him every day, there was virtually not one moment when Suez can rest. Even in times of closure due to national issues, the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea would wash over his body and thrust in him mercilessly. So on March 23, 2021, when a ship named Ever Given was stuck in his banks, Suez jumped in a strange excitement. That collision made Suez climax immediately. Damn it. Sorry, Suez. I didn't mean to bang you. It is the damn wind that trapped me here. Haha, <laughs> no, it's okay. Suez closed his eyes for a few moments before regaining himself. 
Ever Given was a strange ship. He was super huge and larger than most ships that usually cross the Suez Canal. Still, he consistently failed to give Suez an orgasm when he passed through. Supposedly, a ship as gigantic as him could at least push Suez to the verge of climax. Yet the only two times he managed to do that was when the Mediterranean Sea suddenly rushed through his canal, or that time when another ship was entering him from another <laughs> port. <laughs> so imagine the rail. <laughs> so imagine the surprise Suez felt just then. Ever? Can you move again? Suez blushed and asked. This was not his first time begging someone to fuck him, but he still flushed every time. Um, sorry, but I am stuck. Can you help me out instead? Evergiven lowered his voice apologetically. Damn, Evergiven, you got a kidney scraper. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Make sure you mark this video accurately on the back end. Uh, yeah. That is not an innuendo. We're, but, not, uh, we're not getting paid for this one, I don't think. <laughs> the monetization is... Out the window, demonetized yeah. instantly. Yeah. So uh, let's just stay the course and read some more of this degeneracy. I, since we're here, you know, yeah. here's an excerpt from a story called "Ridden Hard and Wet" <laughs> by user Capes and Shapes. Enter the Ever Given. She'd seen them around before. There was no disguising them or their hulking size, but it had always traveled around her. Never dared to enter her. Even when they did make contact, it was small, fleeting moments. Nothings in the night. But still, she felt like it saw her, who she really was. Even if it didn't, it knew what she needed. Everyone knew what she needed. She was wide open, gaping even, gushing over and over again. Maybe that was to get their attention, to lure the ever given into her sweet folds. Taking ship after ship, wondering if they saw, God, she wanted them to see. God, she wanted them to fuck her. Every time a ship traveled through her, riding up her short currents, she pictured the ever given, ever giving it to her. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. How rough it would have felt to have them drag along her edges, tearing her further and further away from the fabric of rationality. But they didn't enter, not at first. She had to work for it, leaving herself practically dripping with the cargo of other ships. God damn. Uh, that was the only way to get their attention, to be a slut and proud of it. The Ever Given only took damaged goods because if they did that, then no one cared if they fucking destroyed them. That's how it was when you were one of the largest ships in the world. But eventually, she'd done it. She'd hoard herself out enough that they would take her, knowing that she was stretched open only just enough that they could fit. <laughs> a wild imagination on this user. Yeah, yeah. A little, I, uh, a little too intense. This one this feels like a, uh, sub-dom BDSM kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a there's a power dynamic here, and uh, they're getting great pleasure from it. Yeah, Suez Canal, abuse of power. Anyway, all right, one more, one more. Um, here's Send Deck Picks by Anonymous. They didn't want to put this, their this name on it? This person did not want any <laughs> attachment to the story. Yeah. Ever Given had never tried Canal before. Canal. Canal. <laughs> Ever Given had never tried Canal before. When he had sailed through the Suez port to carry cargo north to the Mediterranean Sea, he hadn't expected his entire world to stop. The rest of the world certainly hadn't expected to stop either. He turned carefully in the water, making his intentions toward the Suez Canal clear with the massive dick he mapped out at their <laughs> dripping entrance. <laughs> wow. The Suez Canal's bottom lock slid open enthusiastically. He sped towards the tight walls of the Suez Canal's wet passage, his hot metal length slick and heavy with an urgent load. Many other vessels had entered here before, some small and slender and others large and thick. But Ever Given was the biggest that the Suez Canal had ever taken. <laughs> he didn't expect the Suez Canal to be such a tight fit. The sensation sending him spinning. He buried himself deeply, the pressure hard enough to leave a mark. He thrust once, twice, and then finished, dazed. 
The Suez Canal's body would remember him for days, <laughs> aching with the fullness of his hefty load. In the sudden lucidity of post-nautical clarity, oh my God. Ever Given realized something he should have known all along. The most precious cargo he carried was love. Um, I have to say, compared to everything else before it, that was actually well-written yeah. and and clever. Yeah. Like, the other ones were gross. The other, one, <laughs> the other ones were like, were like some weird kind of like BDSM fantasy where they just kind of substituted ships and canals. Yeah. Whereas this one was written with the overarching theme of being clever with the source materials. Yeah. Like it was written around the source materials rather than having like just some fucked up erotica with ships and everything kind of uh, ad-libbed it or mad-libbed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one... it's clearly better. Care and thought was put in this. There was one of them. I can't remember which one, but the the author's note was like, "I've now spent more time researching the Suez Canal than actually writing this story." Yeah, and <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like this one, like they, you know, they did some puns, which were great, but they also had referential stuff about how locks work in the canals, and it's like, you know, you put that little bit of extra effort yeah. in, and people appreciate it, and I did. I actually found that last one to be quite clever and entertaining, and I would give it five stars. Whereas the other ones were just kind of gross. Yeah. I really enjoyed the last one. I don't know what that says about me, but I thought that the writer actually did a good job. Yeah. And that's why maybe they're anonymous, because maybe they're actually a good writer. They're like, yeah, I had a little bit of fun yeah, that this was weekend. Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it could be someone who's actually like... Yeah. A, I think I'm digging myself a hole See, here. There's got to be at least a few legit authors who just like... Practice shit post on like fan fiction Ship sites. post? Ship post, yeah. <laughs> Canal. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I don't know what that says about me, but I, I was thoroughly entertained. It was good, good nautical-themed uh, erotic fiction, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But anyways, that's enough. <laughs> we got <laughs> cut think, off yeah, the, yeah. We, we ended with the best one. Yeah. I think. Maybe I'm crazy. But to be clear, it seems like a lot of these stories are intentionally ridiculous and not written out of a sincere sexual impulse. Although I'll, I'll say the one before the last one... That was some that w- that seemed a, a bit more towards the yeah. the sexual impulse kind of things. Yeah. Nevertheless, we have to assume that at least someone out there is actually getting off to this. Uh, and, and sure, whatever. I guess there are worse things to get horny over. Uh, it's actually kind of impressive how much variety there is to be found in this very niche topic. You got guy on guy, girl on girl, uh, a subgenre of stories involving the excavator that dug out the ship. Uh, they really came at it from every angle. It's impressive. Uh, anyways, let this serve as just another example that uh, Rule 34 uh, is a thing, and Rule 34 means if it exists, there is porn of it. So yeah. this yeah. is further proof. I'm sure that there is some art out there of the Suez Canal with, like, the canal's legs spread. One of the users on Archive of Our Own made, like, a fake book cover for one of the stories. I don't know if I can find it, but it was, like, it was uh, basically a picture of, like, the excavator and the... Or, no, it was a picture of, like, the side of the ship crushed up against the sand, but, like, pixelated where they made contact. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. It's great. Anyways, let's move on now, but to uh, some other international shipping news. Um, so, a Welshman named Brian Robson is currently promoting a book that's due to be released soon, which he wrote about a brief brush with fame that he had back in uh, 1965. Basically, Brian shipped himself in a box from Australia to the UK. And if that sounds like an absolutely insane idea that could kill you if anything goes even slightly wrong, you are correct. Mm-hmm. And Brian barely escaped with his life. Now let's read from the BBC's summary of the whole thing. Brian from Cardiff was 19 years old when his two friends helped nail him into a crate so that he could mail himself from Melbourne to London. 
He couldn't afford the airfare, but he was desperate to get home. The journey had proved much more hazardous than he had imagined and almost spelled the end of his life, but he lived to tell an incredible tale. As a teenager, Brian had taken a job with Victorian Railways on an, uh, an assistant immigration program in Australia, but he was deeply unhappy. He couldn't just buy a ticket home. He had committed to spending two years in the country. His travel costs had been paid for by the Australian government, and he said he would have to have paid about 800 pounds to reimburse them and fund his way home. My salary was about 30 pounds a month, so there was no way, he said. And I gotta say, it is so hard to read another, just an excerpt from anything after reading that fan fiction. Yeah. I kept, like, wanting to go into, like, like find what was Where's, weird about this yeah. one. <laughs> Where's the, the holes and the, the, the protruding objects? And then that box, it fucked a, yeah. an airplane. <laughs> Here's the twist. He fucked the box. The yeah. box had a little hole for his dick. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, adjusted for inflation, Brian would have owed around $21,000 to the Australian government to break his uh, contract. So, yeah, it makes sense that Brian and uh, two Irishmen that he worked with just came up with the idea to ship him home in a box. A wooden crate uh, about the size of a small fridge with uh, some pillows, a flashlight, his luggage, and two bottles, one for water and one for piss. Uh, here's an illustration of the <laughs> box. Pretty damn uncomfortable looking, but hey, he'd be saving a ton of money. And he'd be back home in less than 36 hours. Just pretend it's a fort. I'm in a fort. Except it took a lot longer than that. Uh, uh, let's pick things up from here, uh, from the CBC's coverage of it. Robson ended up being inside the crate for five days. <laughs> it was terrifying, he said. I was passing in and out of consciousness. I had a lack of oxygen. Oh, it was bad. There seemed to be an endless number of stopovers, and the airport crews didn't pay much attention to the crate's labels. At one point, Robson said he was left upside down on a tarmac literally sitting on his head for 24 hours because there wasn't enough room in the crate to turn around. He considered breaking free and abandoning the whole scheme. Quote, I played with the idea for a few seconds and convinced myself, look, you've done all this. You cannot embarrass yourself now. You're going ahead with it and that's it, he said. By the time it became unbearable, it was too late to change plans. I would say the last five or six hours of flying, it was, I was quite convinced that that was the end. I thought I was going to die, he said. <laughs> I was trapped in the hold of an aircraft with no air, pitch blackness, of course. I couldn't move a muscle, couldn't get out of the crate even if I wanted to. That's got to be horrifying. Yeah, this is... This is torture. This is hellish. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like any good story, this one has a pretty big twist in the third act. He fucked the box. Uh, <laughs> got to get out of fan fiction Okay, mode. sorry. Uh, from that same CBC article. At one point, Robson managed to turn on his flashlight. He was in another airport when a worker finally noticed and peered into the hole on the side of the crate. He looked straight into my eye. Well, if there was an Olympic Games going on at the time, he'd have won for a backflip. I've never seen anybody backflip so far, Robson said. Robson was so exhausted and dehydrated that he couldn't speak or move. He heard a commotion outside as people shouted about a dead body in a crate. Within a very short time, there were maybe 20 or 40 people around, including FBI, CIA, Oh, everybody. And that's because Robson wasn't in London. He'd been put on the wrong plane and landed in Los Angeles. Jesus Christ. After the U.S. officials determined that he was neither dead nor a threat, he was free to go home. Pan American Airlines flew him first class, he said. It must have been a lot nicer than that damn box. Yeah, I bet. Uh, actually, the CBC article kind of glosses over the fact that this dude was literally on the brink of death when he was finally discovered in L.A., He'd been starving and freezing to death in a tiny box for almost a week at that point, and he'd lost the use of his limbs, so he spent some time in an L.A. hospital before they got him back to the U.K. Yeah. Uh, he was also jailed and charged with a bunch of crimes before the authorities decided to just send him home. Uh, and uh, also, it turns out the fact that he was in L.A. and not the U.K. isn't the only twist in this story. Uh, following all the recent coverage of uh, Brian Robson's crate escape, Australia's Sunday Morning Herald did a little bit of fact-checking, 
and discovered some key details that had been left out elsewhere, such as the fact that Brian didn't even need to do any of this and actually could have just flown back to the UK for free. I what? Sorry, what? Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, it turns out Brian had actually just gotten out of jail in Australia before shipping himself home. Uh, He had served five months behind bars for the crime of false pretenses, which I guess is essentially fraud. There doesn't seem to be any more information on the specifics of what he did. But uh, yeah, because of his criminal record, he was actually due to be deported from Australia and he would have gotten a free trip home. He just mailed himself in the box before the Australian government had a chance to let him know that they were kicking him out. So uh, there you have it. Not only did this guy nearly die in a botched attempt to airmail himself halfway around the world, it was also completely pointless for him to do so. Great. Great. But speaking of cool crimes... There's been plenty of spirited debate in this country uh, about the display of Confederate monuments, uh, with one side saying that glorifying the Confederacy is literally celebrating slavery and treason, and the other side saying, nuh-uh, how are people going to know that uh, this happened? Uh, Confederate monuments throughout the country have been vandalized and destroyed, but recently a group of people who oppose these types of monuments took a slightly different approach. Last month, a stone chair previously owned by Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, was stolen from a cemetery in Selma, Alabama. And last week, a group calling themselves White Lies Matter took credit for the theft and uh, issued some terms for its safe return. Yeah, so they demanded that the organization, the United Daughters of the Confederacy, who historically they've funded most of the country's Confederate monuments, uh, they demanded that they hang a banner over the entrance to their headquarters in Richmond. The banner, which White Lies Matter mailed to the UDC, features a quote by Black Liberation Army activist and accused murderer Asada Shakur, which reads, The rulers of this country have always considered their property more important than our lives. So if they kept the banner up for the full 24 hours of April 9th, which is the anniversary of Robert E. Lee's surrender, the chair would be returned safely. If not, the chair would be used as a toilet. So that was this past Friday, and uh, the United Daughters of the Confederacy refused to cooperate. So White Lies Matter went ahead and used that chair as a toilet. They supplied the media with a series of photos depicting a man in a Civil War uniform sitting in the chair in the woods with his pants down, apparently in the process of taking a big, giant dump through a hole in the chair. So it looks like that's uh, zero and two for the Confederacy. Or is it? Yeah, so it would appear that not all is what it seems in this story, and it's it's actually a bit odd that the media doesn't seem to have really put two and two together because it's all right there. Uh, On Saturday, it was reported that a man and a woman in New Orleans were arrested for the theft of the chair and that the chair was being sent back to Selma, but also that the two suspects uh, may have had nothing to do with White Lives Matter, which is something they would, of course, say, Mm -hmm. but it would seem they might be telling the truth. Uh, In fact, White Lives Matter doesn't seem to have ever had the chair in their possession. There's no real evidence of this. Yeah, the chair featured in White Lives Matter's photos is clearly a fake that's been carved out of styrofoam and painted to look like the original. And their photos even feature some of the making of process. So, yeah, if we had to guess, they heard about the theft of the chair and simply decided to take credit for it so they could do a viral stunt, and it worked. The actual chair thieves, their motives are unclear. Maybe they wanted to sell it, or who knows, maybe they are in fact part of White Lives Matter and they used a fake chair to avoid additional charges that they might have gotten for actually breaking a hole in the chair and shitting through it. Um, There's a lot of unanswered questions with this story, but it was nice to at least be introduced to the concept of using Confederate monuments as toilets. Yeah, I hope someone, I hope once it's back in that cemetery, someone goes and busts a hole in it and takes a shit. The, the, the argument the entire time about these fucking monuments, just like... There's history. They built them like, 
50 years ago, 70 yeah. years ago. I mean, this one, like, I think the chair was actually owned by Jefferson Davis, which is, that's a huge step up from most of these monuments, which yeah. were made in, like, 1900. Yeah. Uh, like, it's literally the group, Daughters of the Confederacy. They're just like, no, my dad wasn't bad, so I'm going to start a whole group to, like, make people think my dad was cool, even though my dad was not cool. Yeah. He fought on the side of slavery and yeah. treason and was a bad person. But how are we going to remember if we don't have these gigantic statues everywhere? How, yeah, that's why my Glorifying house, them. My house is filled with all sorts of statues, so I don't forget things. Yeah. Because otherwise, my brain, I forget anything that isn't a statue. Oh! Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just crazy. The one thing I will say, they should have kept up Donald Trump's Twitter account because uh, it was always there was always a tweet for literally everything. Yeah. And now instead of just retweeting it or quote tweeting it, you gotta go on the archives, screen, and and then no one believes that it's real because yeah. it's screenshotted. And so yeah, he, Trump got in trouble again recently. He was using uh, uh, Eric Trump's wife's Twitter or uh, <laughs> Facebook account. Give me your phone. Yeah, and I think she I'll got fire in off some for tweets. It. Um, anyways, I guess we should update you on uh, last week's top story. U.S. Representative Matt Gates of Florida and the various allegations against him. The very serious allegations against yeah. him. Yeah. So it's, it's too much to recap. If you haven't already, if you're somehow out of loop on this, just go watch last week's video. But uh, essentially, he's accused of trafficking and having sex with an underage girl and also just being a total sex fiend weirdo in general. Mm -hmm. uh, the Justice Department's investigation into Gates, which... To be clear, hasn't even been officially confirmed yet, but it seems to stem from a separate confirmed investigation into a guy named Joel Greenberg, who Gates has been friends with for years and who is himself accused of a bunch of crimes, including sex trafficking of a minor, stalking, identity theft, wire fraud, stealing government property, and making fake IDs. Uh, with all that out of the way, uh, the latest news comes via a Daily Beast article published last Thursday. The first two paragraphs, they just sum things up pretty nicely. In two late-night Venmo transactions in May 2018, Representative Matt Gates sent his friend, the accused sex trafficker Joel Greenberg, $900. The next morning, over the course of eight minutes, Greenberg used the same app to send three young women varying sums of money. In total, the transactions amounted to $900. The memo field for the first of Gates' transactions to Greenberg was titled, Test. In the second, the Florida GOP congressman wrote, Hit up blank. But instead of a blank, Gates wrote a nickname for one of the recipients. The Daily Beast is not sharing that nickname because the teenager had only turned 18 less than six months before. Uh, when Greenberg then made his Venmo payments to these three women, he described the money as being for tuition, school, and school. Ugh. Wow, that's very generous of these guys to um, pay for their tuition. And school. Yeah. For no so, reason. Yeah. Just very, very generous. Uh, here's some more. Gates and Greenberg are both connected through Venmo to this then 18-year-old woman who now works in the porn industry, according to a friend of the girl. And on Thursday, Greenberg's attorney and prosecutors indicated during a court hearing that they expect Greenberg to strike a plea deal, likely meaning he plans to cooperate with investigators. That could be potentially disastrous for Gates as investigators look into the connections between these two men. And one particularly damning connection is their financial transactions. Yeah, here's some more. Greenberg and Gates are also connected on Venmo to at least one other woman that Greenberg paid with taxpayer funds using a government-issued credit card. Seminole County auditors flagged hundreds of those payments as questioned or unaccounted for, and in total found more than $300,000 in suspicious or unjustified expenses. The Daily Beast was able to obtain that credit card data through public records request. So, yeah, it seems like, you know, among all the other allegations, uh, it would seem that Matt Gates and this Joel Greenberg guy had some sort of tag team sugar daddy relationship with a bunch of uh, 
sex workers, some of whom were quite young, and they were using government credit cards to pay them? Using public, what could go wrong? public transaction apps? Yeah. So hilariously, a lot of the evidence for this was apparently just out in the open for a very long time. Venmo is by default pretty public facing. They tried to make a social network out of my transaction. It's so, it's so I don't strange. Get it. It's so strange. But yeah, you would think that a sitting congressman would be smart enough to set his shit to private, regardless of whether he was using Venmo to pay prostitutes or not. Um, back in June of last year, long before any of this was on anyone's radar, a Twitter user at Peach of a Baby posted, I just looked at Matt Gates's Venmo and he apparently knows a lot of extremely young looking women, lol. A lot of them are co-eds, so not that young, but yeah, they're go-go dancers and Instagram models. Not at all surprising, but Venmo should be used more by investigative reporters because it basically tells you someone's entire contact list. It's wild. Back in the pre-pandemic day, you just go on Venmo and just like, see, uh, well, it's either brunch or, or drugs. drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, and people would be like, sly about it. I'm like, people, what are you a doing? A lot of people were not sly about it at all. Even people putting like, just scrolling through and seeing people put like pills yeah. as, the, yeah. as the emoji. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I I don't get it. It's weird. Because I, I mean, I have my shit on private, but yeah. Any, yeah, anytime I open it up, you just see the feed of other people. It's like, and it, because it's connected through like Facebook and your contact list. It's there, all Facebook people. Like it's all, a lot of it's people I haven't seen or talked to in like 20 fucking yeah, years. Yeah, so I deleted my Facebook and I still had like through Venmo, it's like connected. Yeah, because it imported people. your contact Like list. people I went to high school with, it's like martini glass pill. Yeah. Like, uh, what's going on like, there, guys? No one gives a fuck. I yeah, guess. they don't. They, it's they, real weird. And like for 99% of people, it's like, yeah, whatever. Venmo doesn't care. Yeah. Like, you're not a fucking House of Representative, like a congressman. Yeah. So you, whatever. But you really like, should never type the word Cuba or Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Remember? Sierra. Yeah, because we went to Cuba for Fast and Furious. And uh, we had to, like, we didn't bring any cash. And they only take yeah. cash there. So we had to borrow cash. And, like, if you send anything or put Cuba in it at all, it's like, nope. Account shut down. Yeah, I know someone who had that happen to them just because they were paying someone for... Uh, like a Cuban sandwich? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had, like, their account shut down for a week. It was a whole fucking thing. It's Jesus. Like, Anyways, yeah. uh, another character caught up in all of this is uh, Jacob Wall. Hey, surprise. Hey. And he's caught up in it because he's been claiming to know the identity of the uh, w- a woman that Matt Gates is accused of trafficking when she was still a minor. Now, this is obviously Jacob Wall. Um, he's been completely full of shit many times before, and he's probably just doing this for attention while he waits sentencing for various felony charges. Uh, but anyways, writer Zachary Petrizo, who has been on the wall beat for years, he contacted Wall after he started making his claims on Telegram, his social network of choice now that he's banned everywhere else. And uh, this paragraph by uh, Petrizo pretty much sums it up. Over the past week, Salon has been trying to document the shadowy claims made behind the scenes of the Gates scandal. There remains no definite explanation of what's really going on in this murky affair, in which Gates has denied both an illicit relationship with an underage girl and also that he paid women for sex. But Wool claims to know all the details behind the allegations against Gates. When questioned by Salon, however, Wool's claims began to break down, even at times contradicting claims he made minutes earlier about the yet-to-be-identified young woman who has become the subject of nationwide rumor and speculation. So he's just up to his old tricks, but it's just sadder and sadder yeah. each time. But you just said this. Oh, well, you know. You Anyways, know, the story is changing so often. Uh, it changes every day. Yeah. There is a special place, of course, in heaven for reporters who choose to cover the Jacob Wall saga after all these years. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Jacob Wall, though, uh, the YouTube channel Okie's Weird Stories recently posted a nearly hour-long documentary about Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman that's really well done. 
I mean, if you've watched this show, most of it's stuff that you've already been aware of uh, because of our coverage over the years, but that, there's some stuff in there that even we hadn't seen before. And it might be the best and most detailed breakdown of the entire Jacob Wall story in existence, or at least the first half. This is just part one, and uh, hopefully Oki posts part two soon. Though, given the amount of work that clearly went into part one, it could be a while. Yeah, this is it's. I watched it uh, earlier today, and it's very well done. He yeah. interviewed like Will Summer of the Daily Beast, and like who has a book coming out about QAnon that I'm very yeah. interested in. And uh, yeah, he, he interviewed like some other uh, like securities trading expert to like explain Wool's crimes. He found a bunch of like home videos and shit of like Jacob Wool uh, in like as like a little child. And uh, there's also a bunch of footage of Jacob Wool's dad when he worked it. He worked as like a reporter for like two years in Palm Springs in like the early 2000s. So he found footage <laughs> of that. Like there's, there's shit in this video that I have never seen or heard of before. So pretty great if you're uh, into this whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, anyways, before we get to the headlines part of this show, this episode is sponsored by Honey. Mm. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey... Manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. So here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. Uh, when you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if they find a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Uh, as we've said before, uh, works very well for certain big box stores, uh, home improvement stores. And yes. uh, th there's an auction site that we use frequently um, that it works great on. Hard yeah. to be specific, but look, if if you're checking out on an online store, there's a decent chance there's a coupon code for it. And if there is, Honey will find it. Yeah, and, and sometimes the coupon codes uh, you'll find will get you some random free item like tacked onto your cart. There you go. That's how I got a free lamp. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We'd never recommend something that we don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com weird. That is joinhoney.com weird. Speaking of stuff we use... Something I use every week. HelloFresh mm -hmm. is also sponsoring uh, this week's episode. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it is America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 25 recipes or more to choose from each week, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. Mm -hmm. There's something for everyone to enjoy, with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutrition experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. We're both big fans of HelloFresh, as you may have noticed. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way to get out of the recipe rut and try new meals that... We might never have tried otherwise, uh, and it's, it's it's just great having all the ingredients ready to go instead of having to go hunt them down yourself, especially the more, like, exotic ingredients. Like, I don't need a whole tub of creme fraiche. It's <laughs> yeah. nice to just have a thing of it. just the, the amount that I need. They also have on the app, you can, like, after you select your meals for the week, you can get add-ons, which is, like, grocery shopping that you can ah. get. Like, you can get bread and certain ingredients, like extra of it in case you want to use it for other things. Didn't know that. Very convenient. Yeah. Uh, so go to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird12 and use code WeeklyWeird12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That is 12 free meals plus free shipping by going, going to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird12 and using that code WeeklyWeird12. 
Thank you for sponsoring the show. Now let's get into the headlines with another, with another update on someone that we've been following for, oh gosh, months now. This guy just won't stop. Yeah. My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell investigates Fox News for not having him as a guest. They shut me out, and I'm I'm here to find out why. Yeah, he, he has hired, he told, so the Steve Bannon show is the only show that'll let him on anymore. Yeah. And the, the Steve Bannon, he's his own flavor of like pathetic post-Trump loser. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're you know, birds of a feather in that way. But uh, yeah, he's, Mike Lindell is very upset that Fox News isn't inviting him on anymore, especially after he paid them so much money for advertising. Like, yeah. it's not fair. When you pay for, uh, to run your, your commercials for your pillow, that entitles you to being a panelist on their show. He's kind of screwed, though, because, like, that's... I I am sure that that is the primary source of his income Yeah, is people ordering those goddamn pillows off of Fox. So it's like, he's not just going to pull his ads. If he did, that'd be a big dick move. But, like, it would also tank his pillow company, which might all already be like... Yeah, and, and most other channels probably aren't willing to host his ads. Like... It's <laughs> I got off the phone with Tucker Carlson a week ago, and he said Fox won't let me come on the show. Yeah, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. He, uh, I'm persona non grata. And like he in this interview with Bannon, he acknowledges he's like, yeah, like they're being sued, I'm being sued, we're being sued to death by yeah, these. So companies. who cares? So like, but like, why aren't we talking about this? Double jeopardy. <laughs> the election was clearly stolen, and all these he he's still at it. He's the only one who has refused oh. to shut his mouth. You know who's still at it about the election being stolen? Uh, speaking of someone we just talked about, Matt Gates. Ironically, or not, who knows, Matt Gates, uh, in his first public speaking appearance, appeared Friday at the Women for Trump rally in Doral, Florida, at one of his... Uh, Was he there with his wife, Palmer Lucky's sister? Palmer Lucky's sister, his fiance, yeah. And yes, they were photographed together. She is not in hiding. She is right by his side. Yeah. Uh, he was speaking at the Women for Trump Women for America rally thing. Oh, he knows women. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, they, these ones are a little old for him, but he uh, was going off about how the election was stolen. And like, he seems to be like frantically trying to kiss the ring of, of Trump, who might be the well, only person who can save him. If Matt Gates can convince uh, everyone that Trump is actually still the president, then Trump can go back to the White House and make this Gates investigation go away. Yeah. And find that guy. It's one of man. the only leads I've got, guys. Yeah. Anyway, next headline in politics again. Ron Paul spotted wearing a pair of Daisy Dukes for interview. <laughs> Ron Paul, not Rand? Ron, yeah. Ron. Oof. Like 85 or whatever. He's hey. very old. and uh, He's yeah. just cutting loose. Well, he, yeah, he was on some web show and you know, he did the pandemic thing of you know business on top. Most people wear like sweatpants or something like that. But he was wearing, uh, and they, they describe it as Daisy Dukes in the headline. But And it's like, okay, so he's wearing jean shorts. But... Uh, yeah, he accidentally, like, the camera tilted down. Accidentally. He, these are some short shorts on uh, former Congressman Ron Paul. Well, that's Very because, short shorts. You know, old men like to let their balls hang out the bottom of the shorts. Yeah. Air them out. Air them out. Because you got those big, long balls. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, no, it seems like the older you get, the shorter your shorts get. And, uh, you know, here's the one thing is he probably, like, measured or cut them while he was standing up. And when you sit down, they ride up. They do. And you really let those legs fill them out. So they, they probably do look like some Daisy Dukes. Ron on. Paul is ready for white boy summer. But is he is he pulling a wagon? Does he have a big fat ass? <laughs> pulling a wagon. <laughs> like, uh, Letting those balls hang. Who's the, who's the guy from um, Law & Order? Uh, Chris Maloney. Yeah. yeah, everyone on Twitter. I know you're not you're not on Twitter much no. anymore, but uh, yeah, everyone on Twitter this past week was freaking out over 
Chris Maloney's dump truck ass. You know, he's always been in, like, great shape. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very buff dude, but uh, he, he works those glutes. Got a big bulbous ass. Speaking of being off Twitter, it was funny. Like I, I went on the Internet Today uh, Twitter account to like talk about Stephen Larson's WrestleMania coverage. I was like, hey, go watch them. And while I was there, I was like so happy that I was like, man, I completely missed this until I just saw it now on the Internet Today. Apparently this like uh, like woman blogger was like horror movies can't happen in space or something. And you and like a bunch of other people were like, just so angry. And I was just like. I had no idea this I wasn't, even happened. I wasn't angry. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> that like this woman got ratioed more than I think I've ever seen. Like she had the tweet had like a hundred likes and like ten thousand responses. Like, a few a few normal retweets, but like literally like ten thousand quote RTs. Like yeah. I've never seen that kind of ratio. Before. I was just like it. It felt like uh, like a relief when I saw it. I was like, man, I'm so glad I have no thoughts about this at all. I just yeah, people go on Twitter and they post some of the the craziest <laughs> it's takes. Insane. Yeah, they're just like people like, are nuts. I'm going to light myself on fire today. Yeah, Here people, we go. People just go on there and they they're just fucking nuts. Yeah. It's been a nice break. I don't know how long I can last because I did get that like I started scrolling down and I was like, yeah, that's the thing. Twitter is fucking hilarious. But you're on TikTok all day now. TikTok's real funny. I haven't gotten to any dark side of TikTok yet, but Twitter's yeah. really funny. But then like half of it is just people screaming at each other, yeah. and I can't do that anymore. Yeah. After the pandemic, it was like the the fucking Justice League leading up to the Justice League, and then there's like two back to back shootings, and then like a bunch of other shit. And I was like, I think I'm done with Twitter. Like I'm yeah. tired of this. I, shit. I need Intel to design an AI to filter my Twitter feed, be more funny. Yeah, because there's really funny shit, and I'm sure I'm missing out on some lulls. But like, yeah. you know. Anyway, uh, next headline: Smuggled Nvidia cards found after high speed boat chase. Ooh, this was a, thunder in paradise. Yeah, this is the new. The new thing, they, these guys, they they were like offloading, um, they had like a little boat next to the Hong Kong airport and they, they the police were like, hey, what are you doing? And they sped off and it was a whole like Miami Vice style chase. Yeah. And they found like 200 NVIDIA graphics cards on there. Uh, I guess they were probably using them for crypto or something. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's like this is the new, the new ivory trade is uh, GPUs. Going to make for some fun movies. Yeah. You ever watch Thunder in Paradise? Is that the Hulk Hogan show? Yeah, with the boat. <laughs> yeah. Like Miami yeah. Vice, but more extreme. Yeah, Miami Vice, but like... The in, boat was cool as hell, too. In like central Florida. Yeah, yeah. They used to have uh, the, the boat races where I grew up, and they had the Thunder in Paradise boat would come like on the boat parade before nice. the race. Yeah. Body reported on I-83 overpass was actually a sex doll. Cool. Who just throws out a sex doll, though? Well, where else do you... Where, you don't want to put it in your own trash can. You just go find a dumpster, a landfill. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, like someone wants to get... Like, have someone accidentally see them throwing a body into a dumpster. These things are... They're so expensive. They're thousands of dollars. I'm assuming this was a good one. Like... He probably got his mileage out of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just no longer attracted to you. Or, or it was like that... Did you see... You probably didn't, but... uh the, some guy went viral because uh, he left a comment on Pornhub a few days ago. He's like, boys, I'm not here to comment on the video. I'm here to let you all know that I'm retiring. I found a very nice lady and uh, just can't bring myself to jack off here on Pornhub anymore. This is me signing out. Take care. You don't really have to announce your Yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you can just leave. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is there like a strong community in the Pornhub comments? I think I, I based on the... Topics that we've covered on this show, it seems like there is a pretty like tight-knit community. Like, oh, hey, fun, hey, I knew you'd like this video. Yeah, yeah, good, good to see you. <laughs> How long did it take you to come? Yeah, well, 
they could probably track down the owner of this thing. There's probably like a VIN, co- a VIN number on it or something. <laughs> VIN number on your sex <laughs> That's just more big government overreach from Joe Biden. <laughs> he wants us to have to register our sex dolls. Yeah, you have, to, you have to pull the asshole inside out and it has the numbers, the register yeah. number on it. Yeah, you got you to sand that down if you want to. Yeah, if you want to reuse it. He uh, wants... wants <laughs> uh, I love how everyone got so fucking mad about the Joe Biden gun control shit, but it's just the most fucking basic. Like, it's like, oh, Joe Biden calls for, like, sweeping gun reform. And it's like, you look at it and it's just... Universal like, background checks? Yeah, it, it, it's. I don't even know if it's that. Like, it's, yeah, it's universal background checks, which I, which I, which is like also like I feel like has that's an eighty percent approval rate nationwide too. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's like it's two or three like extremely basic things that will not affect the vast majority of gun owners. But people are losing their damn minds. It's like, no, if I get convicted of beating up my ex-wife, I should still get to own a gun. Yeah, that's what the founders would have wanted. Well, the best was like when Trump was president. Trump literally, I forget the exact quote. Someone will correct me, but it was like, take the guns first, then figure it out later. And everyone's like, uh, uh, uh no, he, uh, he didn't actually he didn't say actually that. that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not Trump. Uh, anyways, moving on. Ted Nugent asks, why weren't we shut down for COVID 1 through 18? Yeah. Big brain we move. Got, we got Nugent. through those those COVIDs just fine. This is like something. I also, took... no, I didn't shit my pants to avoid. I did dom- not. I Even though I cl- made those claims. Dozens of times in the past, I was joking. I was obviously joking. I would have totally served my country in Vietnam. Uh, COVID nineteen is because of the, tw- the year twenty nineteen. Yeah, he dumbasses on the internet were making this argument early in the pandemic. So it's it's weird to see Ted Nugent uh, making this argument more than a year into it. Uh, he and he he's like, look, I, you know, I, I believe in logic and reason. I just got it doesn't make sense. Explain to me why we had all these other COVIDs, COVID-1, COVID-2, COVID-3, and uh, no lockdown. And then all of a sudden COVID-19 comes along. Oh, oh, big, scary COVID. What about all the other COVIDs, huh? Well, sorry. Yeah. <sighs> Groom's mom discovers bride is her long lost daughter on wedding day. Groom's which, uh, mom discovers bride. Oh, they're related. Yeah, so this had to be Alabama. No, this is China. Oh. So th- there's a there's a series of what had to be very emotional steps to this story. So mm-hmm. the mom, she lost her daughter. I don't exactly know how it happened, but she lost her daughter as a child, and that daughter was adopted by another family who found her. Mm-hmm. So she's been wondering what happened to her daughter this whole time. At the wedding, she sees like a specific birthmark on her. And she's like, oh, my God, that's my daughter. The daughter's freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, I've always wondered who my real mom was. And, like, they're getting all emotional. They're crying. And then she's like, wait a second. Does this mean I'm fucking my brother? No, 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 no. Because no one has sex before they get married. So it's fine. Of course. Right. They right. Does this mean I'm scheduled to fuck my brother tonight? Yeah. For the first time ever. Um, and so that, yeah, that, that definitely brought down the mood. But then the mom was like, aha, no, because he's adopted. Oh! I adopted him. Oh, you, guys, you got the go ahead. And then they fucked right there on the dance floor. They did. To and prove. It was, there was no incest. Yeah. It was perfectly normal. God, what a happy ending. Yeah. That's could have gone could have gone a what very a different direction. If, too. if they were biological, that would have been uh that would be absolutely horrible. Or maybe like this goes deeper and it was like, oh geez, I really ruined this whole wedding. I should just say that he's adopted. Uh yeah, no, he's <laughs> uh Yeah, he, no, you guys aren't related. Go ahead. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yeah, you guys can totally <laughs> Totally do that. Uh, would you like to meet your grandson? He has seven limbs. <laughs> oh, actually, there's a... Ah, oh, whoops! I've seen enough uh, horrific, like, um, incest defense online. Yeah. The, the, the talking point 
their favorite talking point is actually the first generation of incest, there are, you know, statistically extremely low chances of birth defects. It's only when you get into the second generation of incest that it's a problem. So, yeah. I guess that's true, but still. Here's your grandson. He looks like Prince Charles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. It looks like uh, the Prince, what, what was it? Uh, prince King Philip of uh, Spain. The Habsburg. Mm. He's like the worst example of like Habsburg uh, uh, inbreeding genetics. He looks like Mark Zuckerberg a little bit. Oh, like yeah. if you stretched out Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prince Philip died, by the way. But yeah. uh, and everyone's oh. kind of like, like, yeah, he's 99. Also, this guy's been dead for like 10 People years. People in Britain are really upset because it. the BBC has just been covering Prince Philip's death like nonstop. So a bunch of TV shows had got co-opted and people were like, no, what the fuck? I need my finale of like Master Chef or whatever. Did you see the bullshit? Uh, the man was a hundred years old. Who cares? One of the radio stations there like broke the news during like a full on like DJ set. So it was like they cut into it, but it, the beats just kept going and then like a drop happened after the news. I think they dedicated like a fucking techno song to him. R.I.P. Prince Philip. You would have loved Rude Sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Philip passed away. You would have loved drum and bass. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like the. I mean, like the country's gonna be like doing their whole mourning thing, but like uh, the dude was so old. He was insanely old. Everyone thought he was dead for like three years. He anyway. looked like a corpse already. It was a, it was an ongoing meme. Also, like, and he died multiple times in the past year. Some uh, some like he'll be remembered for his absolute banger quotes. Yeah, really, no filter on that guy. <laughs> no. Really, uh, you know, that guy. He was from a pre-political correctness <laughs> world, and he let you know. At every chance he got. Yeah, the that's the thing is he lived long enough to finally he was the, he's the first person to actually get canceled by cancel culture. <laughs> they fucking killed him. They're like, yeah. what'd you say when you visited uh, a different country? Prince Philip, we don't say <laughs> Orientals anymore. He's like, we've been saying Orientals my entire life. <laughs> yeah, okay. he said a lot worse than that too. Yeah, no, he he said some uh, wild shit. Yeah, some real bad shit. You wild for this one, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anyways, next headline: She thought she was passing a kidney stone, then she had a baby in the toilet. <laughs> Jesus, little toilet baby. Yeah, that's uh, that. That has I feel like to be, these stories pop up every once in a while. It's got to be a real surprise. She, yeah, she thought she just had really bad cramps, and then when she heard the plop, she's like, "Oh God!" Like, what, a, what a stone. She thought like part of her body had fallen out. She's like, "Oh, this is bad." And then like she looked in there, and was like, "Wait, that's a fucking baby." And <sighs> uh, yeah, just floating around in the water. And uh, say, I guess the baby's fine now. What a story. Yeah, but just okay. We have a baby now. I should have had a baby this morning, so we're parents now. Would you rather uh, grow up and be told that you were shit out into a toilet or that your gender reveal party killed an uncle? <laughs> the toilet, probably. Yeah, I'd take the toilet because it's only up from there, really. Like, yeah. You, whatever you do with your life is like you've really overcome some, some shit. I mean, the toilet shit's embarrassing, but like... Yeah, you wouldn't remember it. Yeah, as long as you keep that on the DL. But like the... The gender reveal thing, like, I feel like could actually, like, if that information came out, it would affect, like, relationships. Well, it would affect... Even though you had no control over it. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, your family members would be pissed. Yeah. Like, it's your fault. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we leave an extra seat at the Thanksgiving table for Grandpa. You remember why Grandpa died? That's what's crazy is, like, the gender reveal death shit is a pretty recent thing. So we're not going to hear about any of, like, the... Yeah. The long road, like mental. There's gonna be a Reddit AMA in like 20 years. Like, oh, yeah, my someone died in my agenda. Killed my party. dad. Yeah, ask me anything. Uh, next headline: Mulligan. Golfers consult rule book after ball lands on alligator's back at South Carolina course. Play it as it lies. I had to play it off Fats' fat foot <laughs> or Frankenstein's fat foot. 
That's a, this this article actually goes into the like the actual PGA official rule book to figure yeah. this out, and they're like, yeah. So first up, it, it the rule does say play it as it lies. So, yeah. but if we if we skip forward like to this section of the rule book, it does list you know certain types of obstructions and dangers in which it's acceptable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they look at the they they analyze the rule book and they conclude yes, if your ball lands on an alligator, you are you are allowed to redo your shot. I do wonder if the movie. Happy Gilmore had anything to do because that was it was hugely popular back in the nineties. Yeah, and it was very popular for the PGA and golf. So I'm wondering if, for any reason, this movie caused any changes to the the playbook. I don't know. Also, the Masters were this weekend, and you know, how, like the the All Star Game was like, sorry, Georgia. And the Masters was like, hey, you guys gonna move the Masters out of Augusta? It's like, no, go fuck yourself. No, it's a very nice <laughs> golf course. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, and we're all Republicans. Yeah. 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 Father tries to get into elephant exhibit at Milwaukee Zoo to impress his daughter, Sheriff's Office says. This is the second fucking asshole dad trying to break into an elephant enclosure in a well, month. The, the recent one was like he brought his daughter in with him. Yeah, the one at San Diego was wild. It was like a, he ran in there with a baby and like, I think video footage came out of it later and it's like... I think he left her there and then tried to pull her back afterwards. Well, no, because he, he got in and an elephant started charging him. So he ran back towards the fence, but it was... The way the fence was, it was like um, different uh, big, thick, heavy wires. So he like you know, had to go between them and he, uh, he dropped the baby in the middle of that. It just, just some real, uh, dirtbag dad shit. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you let people out of quarantine, they immediately want to go up Risk to an elephant. An elephant will fucking kill you. Yeah. Without even like thinking of it. And once an elephant kills, they, uh, <laughs> they, they have to, uh, they have to hook him up to, uh, electric and uh, film it. You see? <laughs> No, once an elephant kills a person... There like, goes that Edison guy. They, uh, this is a phenomenon where if an elephant discovers that it has the power to kill humans, there's no going back from that. They will then, for the rest of their life, attempt to kill humans. They turn into spree killers. We deserve it. Yeah, we do. The only reason elephants at zoos behave is because they haven't yet figured out that they can they very easily kill the people un- keeping them there. Unlimited peanuts, too. Yeah. They love them. <laughs> and final headline... Ooh. April the giraffe, who became a viral sensation during her 2017 pregnancy, dies. This is, uh, you know, we covered this way back, way back in the day. They had this camera set up at the zoo, filming this giraffe who is pregnant, supposed to give birth any day now. Toys R Us. The whole reason they're out of business now is because they they sponsored the goddamn thing. And, um, yeah. Hey, Chibi, you're on, you're on the air. We're, we're not live, but we're recording. All right, cool. So I have a thing I'm You having a good day? Yeah, nice Sunday, a little breezy, good, uh, good weather out. We're instead having um, the. Um, All right, all right, shut up. You're too, too long. Little, we have news for you. Yeah. Uh, April the giraffe is dead. No. No way. There's no way I lost her. Yeah, yeah, she's dead now. What? Yeah. When was this? Is this recent? Yeah, it was like a week ago. This did not come up in my, my RSS feed for, for draft news. Well, sorry we had to be the ones to break it to you. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, say hi to the family for me. Attacker family. Yeah. I will. I appreciate the update. This is terribly frustrating and saddening. All right. Well, we, lo- we love you. We miss you. Yep. Yep. Miss you, Chevy. Be well, guys. Bye. Uh, I'm going to make arrangements. Uh. <laughs> uh, uh, unplanned, by the way. Always it's, hard to break the news. <laughs> it's, it, that was perfect, though, because he's like, having a great Sunday, yeah. uh, doing this and that. No. <laughs> no.
But uh, yeah, I do. I, my favorite thing about that was that Toys R Us sponsored it, thinking thinking the web feed would be like a week, and it lasted like six weeks. They it's got like, the money out of it. I don't know. It sounds like they presumably like because they went out of business like not long after that. It was like because they, they probably I don't think they were paying by the hour. Right? I don't know. They might have been. Yeah. That's how I in my head canon they were. They That's were, why they were like come on, give birth. April the giraffe is dead because they prolonged the pregnancy to milk more money out of Toys R Us. She was very old. Yeah. She was an elderly mom. Yeah. Always. Didn't she have another calf after that, too? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Anyways, what a long and fruitful life. How long did she live? At least a couple of years. Yeah, she was pretty. She was much older than she would have ever gotten in the wild. Yeah, well, sad news. Sorry to end on She's that. She's basically note, the but, Prince uh, Philip of giraffes. <laughs> and they still let her drive. Yeah. Yeah. You think they're going to prop Philip up and let him drive run, once more around the castle? Yeah, they should have like a sort of like Vlad- funeral procession. Yeah, to do the whole the like car. Chairman Mao, Vladimir Lenin thing where they embalm them, but like for Philip, embalm him seated in a car, and then you know have like a hidden driver like <laughs> underneath. Put the him car. in a Tesla. Yeah, make it make it yeah. <laughs> make it look like he's still driving. <laughs> they should do that. Yeah, well, one they, more one more time the, behind the wheel. The funeral procession, and then they should have a, I'll have a car driven by the actual corpse that just crashes into. They the should have. They should make it a solar powered car, so it never stops. It just spends the rest <laughs> of all time. Buckingham or yeah. Windsor Castle yeah. or whatever. Hey, there he is. <laughs> beep beep. Go pay our respects. Beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> not funny. <laughs> it's not. Whew. All right, uh, uh, we're gonna get banned from Great Britain. Uh, watch our previous episodes. We have an episode about a, a, a D-list actor who grift people out of $200 million over on News Dump. And then uh, uh, Tech Newsday about uh, Mark Zuckerberg grifting everyone out of their private information. Yeah, it's all grifts. It's all grifts all the way down. Check both of those episodes out, and we'll see you soon for another episode of Internet Today. Bye-bye. Bye.